Welcome to a new recording of Doctrine and Doxology. I am Skylar Spradland. And you I are you, Larry Jones. You is Larry Honus. I is. Larry Jones. Uh, we are glad that you've joined us as we continue, I don't know how long we've been doing this, for some time, looking through the doctrines of the Christian faith, yep, and yep, hopefully yep. that stirs us up to doxology or worship and adoration of God. Absolutely. That's the goal. That is the goal. Should always be the goal. In fact, I where's my phone? I read this from... You want to make a call? No. It made me think of a quote from... J.I. Packer. Okay. He says, We should never forget that in any case, theology is for doxology. Theology is for worship. The truest expression of trust in a great God will always be worship, and it will always be proper worship to praise God for being far greater than we can know. Okay. What? He's absolutely right. Well, yes. I've I've always agreed to that and thought that was true. Well, then why are you hesitating now? Well, it's just like it's like saying something that you know to be fact already. I just thought it was good. I thought it was it a good, good reminder, refresher, the way that he said it. Theology is not, and we need those reminders, theology is not just for knowledge or entertainment or fun to talk about. It's supposed to lead us to worship. When done rightly, lead us to worship. Absolutely. And we need that reminder because we tend to fall into knowledge that puffs up. That what stuff? Puffs up knowledge. Oh, puffed up knowledge. Instead of letting it drive our hearts to adore God. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's why we do daily Bible studies. Yes, it's not just so we can gain knowledge. Yes. It's so we can learn more about the God we worship. I think sometimes we read or have read, and I have read the Bible, so that I'll have information to share with others. Sure. Or sure. information to even argue with others. And that's not the point. The point well, is, again, our heart. Paul, Paul told Timothy that's one of the reasons for Scripture. Right. But the chief object of Scripture is to reveal to us God in a saving, relational manner. Yes, I agree totally. And then, stemming from that, comes information to contend for the faith and sure things like that. You can't contend for something or someone you don't personally know. You can't uh, fight a battle if you've never warmed up. You can't cook bacon if you don't have a pan. Well, you can, but it's more difficult. You could dangle it over the fire. Dangle it? I don't like dangle that. Dangle it over dangle the fire it. with your fingers, but <laughs> it could be painful. You said dangle it. <laughs> yes, I did. And um, I meant every word of it, too. <laughs> you mixed. I don't know what you mixed. I don't know dangle what I mixed and dingle. Anyways, what a start. Yes, it is very good to be here again. Uh, Again, each, yeah, each day again. is a new day for you. Each, each day, day is a new day, but a new day know, for this, me. This series has been very enriching. Enrich, yep. yes, enriching. Yep. Good. Very meaningful to yes. me. Yes, because we've talked about all the things that are fundamental to our faith, and yeah, and 
especially focusing in on the salvation experience. This has been a good yeah. rehearsal, uh, relearning, uh, thought-changing uh, ideas on salvation. Well, good. I it are glad. helps me. I want to know how to share that with someone else and then how to trust God for his part. Well, I want, I want to drink in anew from this fountain, this nourishment. Oh, you say it much better than I. Well, sometimes my heart gets dry. And going over these things that sometimes we're tempted to think is old hat stuff. I mean, going yeah, over yeah. them is it's nurturing. There's nutrients here. We got a carrot today, though. A carrot. <laughs> Man. That, that carrot is called justification. We have lost all sense of control. I hope so. I want God to be in control of this. Uh, that's not what I had in mind. Okay. But I agree. But you know how, you know, the old saying, how to how they had a uh, carrot on the end of a stick. To lead the horse. To lead the uh, mule as he pulled the, the wagon. That's torturous. <laughs> That'd be like hanging a waffle in front of you. <laughs> Don't you like waffles? You eat a waffle every well, week. Well, if it had uh, butter and syrup on it, yeah. That's torturous. Uh, but you're right. The dingling carrot, <laughs> the dingling carrot today, is justification. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's to be declared innocent by God for all of my sins is something <sighs> praiseworthy. Yeah. Before we get there, okay. And remind me when we do get there of the woman who touched the hem of Jesus's robe. Okay. But before we get there, let's back up. 500 years into church history. Cool. And this is the subject that the Protestant Reformation really was was built around. Oh, I thought you meant 500 years preceding Christ's sacrifice. You are going back that far. No, I'm 500 years from now. We are oh, okay. in the 1500s. And we're with a man named Martin Luther and Philip Melanchthon and John Calvin and those guys. Okay. And it starts with this discussion of justification. Uh, Absolutely. And, and from that flows this uh, adherence to sola scriptura, scripture alone, uh, and then grace alone and faith alone and Christ alone. But really, it kind of centers and begins with this spark of how are we made right before God initially? And the Catholic Church taught that justification meant make righteous so that we're saved before God as we are made righteous. But okay, the Reformers okay. said, no, justification means, like you just said, we are declared righteous. There's a vast difference. Right. And so that's been the separation between Catholicism and Protestantism ever since. And that's where we believe justification comes from or what it means. We are declared righteous, not made righteous. Well, I'm glad I said it right. You did. We would had to start this recording all over again. Yeah. Well, if we <laughs> haven't by now, I mean... I guess we're never going to. We're, we are made righteous. That's the fruit of our salvation. But that's right. sanctification. We're not, we're not 
declared we're not justified before God because we are growing in our own righteousness. We're no. justified before God because of the righteousness of somebody else. Who? Jesus. Oh. oh. That's always the answer, isn't it? Jesus. Yes. That's the Sunday school answer. Yes. Who did this? Jesus did it. <laughs> so Catholicism teaches we are infused with righteousness. Oh, I like that word. Well, it's incorrect. That we're infused with righteousness that... I like infused. I don't talk each, about, I don't mean the whole sentence. That each sin has to be overcome with additional grace that's infused as you do oh, okay. certain things. Maybe I don't like that word. We believe that righteousness is imputed to us. It's totally external and it's credited to our account. Yeah, yeah. And overwhelms everything else. Just like our sins were imputed to Christ. Yes, he paid the debt. Yes. So, I'm I'm saying this discussion, I guess. I just kind of jumped in the deep end real quick. Uh this discussion is where our entire Christian faith hinges. In fact, John Calvin said that it's the main hinge or the, he said the principal axis of Christianity. Right. And isn't that something like Martin Luther went through when he was trying to, he could never get clean. He never felt uh, good until he read, I don't know what chapter of Romans, but uh, maybe it's where he was justified by faith. Well, he, he, taught through Psalms, uh, he taught through Galatians, he read and taught through Romans, and it was Romans 1, 16 uh, and 17, um, the righteous shall live by faith, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, and the righteous shall live by faith, verse 17, yes. and he describes that as the his kind of gateway to heaven, his gate to heaven. Um, but it was it was really several things coming together, um, yeah. That that kind of just, let him justify by faith in uh, Romans four. Yeah, it's all over Romans, right? Is Romans three? God will be both the just and bo- both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. And Romans chapter five, we have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, Romans 3 again, verse 20, I think, and verse 28. Uh, By works of the law, no one will be justified. Very good. I'm, I'm, I think uh, it's, I think, go down to verse 26. Go down to verse, uh, uh, no, 27 and uh, 28, and we're justified by Christ, through faith in Christ. Romans chapter 3. It's the whole teaching of yeah, Romans. 28. We, for we hold that... One is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Yeah, so it's, I mean, anyways. Anyways. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. You did pretty good on your Bible drill there. Well, thanks. (laughs) I mean, this is the the one doctrine we have to know. Yeah, yeah. And it's different from the rest of the things we've talked about. Um, This doesn't, this doctrine... doesn't primarily focus on how we relate to God, but primarily on how God relates and views us. Yes. He's like the judge. Yes. And this is this is a legal term from what I read. Yes, it is a legal term. And he justified us. 
declares us legally righteous and guiltless. This is very difficult. Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sin as forgiven in Christ's righteousness as belonging. Wait a minute, let me, oh, let me read that again. Because I lost my own place in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us and declares us to be righteous in his sight. Yeah. A.K.A. Grudem. And, and that was Martin Luther's struggle. How can a holy God ever relate to a sinner? Or how can a sinner ever be right with a holy God? How can a holy God ever forgive sin? And it's through the doctrine of justification where he declares right. us righteous uh, on the account of Christ. And, you know, that doesn't make sense to the average brain. No, it why, doesn't. Why should I be declared holy or righteous when I know I'm sinful? And how can I be declared justified, in other words, without sin? What, what, um, what's that hymn where, where the verse talks about, I know not why my Savior would die for me? Anyways, it's really good. I don't know. I need to look it up. Maybe somebody could write it in or tell us. It's out there. I think it's in maybe two hymns. It's good. <laughs> I just yes. can't think of it right now. We sang it a few weeks ago. Anyways. I don't know. I can't think of it. So there's another question involved in justification. How can God, who is a perfect judge, simply declare us righteous because he says several times in the old testament i will by no means mm -hmm. clear the guilty that's right so if he can't ignore sin and can't sweep it under the rug and can't just say that we're forgiven if his perfect justice and holy justice demands sin to be dealt with then how are we justified oh ding 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 i know the answer to that is it dingling over you like that ding 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 maybe like a carrot? <laughs> I just I can't get over the word dingle. Dingling. Uh, well, that's because God placed all of my sins and yours and those who are believers upon Christ on the cross. Mm. A.K.A. Isaiah 53. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might have the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. There should be a song about that, too. I bet there is. I bet there is. Yeah, so back to Romans 3, the, uh, I think, what is it, verse 28, 29? Uh, let's see. God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised no, through faith. No, it's the verse above That's that. That's 29. That's 30. 29, or is God the God of the Jews only? No, b uh, before Keep that. going up. 28, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Is there more to it? No, it's a period after that one. Where's the... 
Come on, now I gotta flip to Romans. Get your Bible out. My goodness. Why can't you read my mind? Romans. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction for all of sin. I'm getting there. Fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. I think that's the word you're looking for. No. By his blood to be be received by faith. Keep going. This was to show God's righteousness. This was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there it is. God maintains his justice and justifies through Christ. And that's a perfectly righteous thing for God to do. So his justice isn't diminished, his righteousness isn't diminished, his holiness isn't diminished when he declares us justified because he punished all of our sin in his son. So our sin actually has been dealt with in Christ. Yeah, he has dealt with my sin. Yes, and mine sin, my sin too. Yours too? And he then takes the righteousness of Jesus and credits that into our account. Wow. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is, but it's not logical. You, human wisdom cannot dream that up. Only only God's wisdom can uh, take care of that kind of a, a deed. Framed before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was going to do. He didn't react. Oh, my goodness, there are a bunch of sinners. We've got to do something about them. He already had a plan in place. You're studying now. Yeah, I'm... I'm That's almost rude. You know, you're sitting there reading a novel. Oh, give me a break. You do it all the time. I was looking (laughs) up something. Anyways, this is where everything lands. And we talked about this a little bit last time. Faith is the way in which we obtain justification. Faith doesn't make us justified. Only yes. God justifies us through Christ. Right. But faith is the vehicle by which we receive justification. Yes. Like the little car. Yes. But in those verses, um, especially back to to Romans 3, um, he's the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So faith doesn't cause all of these things to happen. Faith is the means by which God channels and applies these things. We trust in him. Right. And faith is a gift. And he declares us. I mean, this takes away the complete idea of we can do something to earn our salvation. Yes. Because even the vehicle is provided for by God. Yes. So that we can come to him. Yes. So you said something at the very beginning about how wonderful of a truth this is to have all of our sin forgiven and to be righteous before God. And it made me think of the woman who touched the hem 
Oh, yeah, don't Jesus's, forget about the woman who touched the hem of his garment. Jesus' garment. And he says, in this big crowd of people, who touched me? Right. The disciples said, hey, there's a bunch of people touching you. And he says, no, I perceive that power has gone out from me. Yes, I remember that. He's on his way to perform a miracle. And yes. this other miracle happens. She touches his garment. She's had an issue for 12 years. Is that right? Yes. A long time. Gone to all these doctors, no Spent solution. all of her income on it. And touches Jesus' robe and is healed. Jesus says, who touched me? Finally, she comes forward and says, it was I. I had this problem, and I thought, if I just touched the hem of your garment, I would be made well. Right. And it's almost this trembling kind of, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I just wanted to touch your garment. But she knew she had been healed by that moment. Yes, but she it comes it reads like she's afraid Jesus is about to scold her. And Jesus says, "Your faith has made you well. Your sins are forgiven. Yep. Go in peace." And that has just stuck with me for the last couple of months. To, to hear Jesus look you in the eye and say to you, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Yeah. I mean, that's, my, that's the great longing of my soul right now. But that's what we have in justification. I mean, if we'll believe it by faith, that's what we already have. God saying your sins are forgiven. Live in peace. Because Christ paid for them. Absolutely. And so I, I, I'm thinking a lot about this woman who touched his garment in faith for physical healing and encountered Christ and found spiritual life, the forgiveness of her sins and peace. And that's really what God does to all of his believers, all of his children in justification. Right. He takes away the sin, says you're righteous, now go in peace. Yeah, that's a beautiful thought. It's, just, it's meaningful, powerful to me right now. Um, and it's why justification is so important and so beautiful uh, and so necessary for the Christian to have a firm grasp on. Yeah, that gives you uh, joy and peace. Yeah. Something we've talked about recently. Yeah. Joy and peace. You have Absolutely. that because you know that God's taken care of, of your sins and he's given you his son's righteousness. And now that allows us complete freedom to walk boldly at his request into God's presence and just love him yeah, and share our needs. Thank him for his uh, great mercy, mm-hmm. all he's done for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, that is a, a blessing beyond deserving for sure. Yeah. Well, um, we just, I mean, just barely nicked the surface. We're talking 500 years worth of discussions on this doctrine. Um, and we have really just barely touched it. I mean, even more than 500. We're talking 2,000 years worth of Christianity being built on this central uh, thought and teaching, and um, we can't cover all that in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully it has intrigued someone to 
to continue studying and thinking further, but also to just realize the great work of God in saving us. I was thinking about Romans 8. Yeah. It says, those he foreknew, he predestined. Mm-hmm. And those he predestined, he justified. Mm-hmm. Kind of puts that in that sequence. And those he justified, he glorified. Mm-hmm. So it kind of puts everything... It's it's amazing. God's word is so godly. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I mean, it should amaze us because yeah. he authored it. Yeah, uh, it's beyond human ability. Yeah, but it all links together and fits together. Yeah, because when you're talking about justification in Romans three, you go over an eight, then you see the foreknew, predestined, justified, and then glorified. Yeah. So it makes you look forward to the glorified. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, um, I don't know. I, I just kind of want to leave it at that, I guess. I don't want to give a big commercial. Okay. I mean, I don't want to run it. You know what I mean? Okay. Maybe we should do commercials in the beginning. Maybe. <laughs> but, they, but they're listening to us now. They know how to hear us. Next week. They know how's to hear us. How's to hear us next week. Well, I'll just say uh doctrinedoxology.com, lots of cool things going on there. One particular ministry we're very excited about giving pastors needed resources and books. Uh check it out. Okay. Okay. Since you're not gonna put a plug in and did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful that you have given us the righteousness of your Son and have placed our ungodliness, our sins, upon your Son and that you have made uh, made us your children. We're so grateful and thankful for that. We just pray that uh, we share that good news with the lost, that we walk in holiness that we continue to study your words so we can understand you more and uh, please guide our lives. Let Christ be the head and you forever praised in Jesus' name. Amen.